It's good to see all of you. This week is our fifth week of retreat, which has really been incredible. And I, I want to say, do not worry where you're at in the retreat. I, I spoke to, to someone this week and he said, Lord, if I feel so bad, I'm on two. <laughs> <laughs> But I've been on two and I can't seem to move from there. And I said, well, you stay on two. That's okay. Most of the people I've spoken to in our community have said they, they really would like to spend a year on this retreat. So even though this week is our fifth week and next week we will be ending, I pray that for all of us, we will remain in the treasure of this retreat that God has blessed us with. So tonight, I would like to, to say a few words to you concerning covenant. Because as we enter next week, the focus of the ending of our spiritual exercises this year, like we do in every encounter of love crucified, we renew our covenant. So next week will be a week to really ponder our covenant, read it, reflect on it, see where I need to improve on the promise I made to God. So let's review a little bit tonight and those of you that are aspirants, this is really important for you to listen to so you can come to understand what a covenant means. So what is a covenant? A covenant is a solemn promise. That means it's a serious promise, a promise of deep sincerity. So it's a promise that comes from the depth of our heart. It's fortified by an oath concerning future action. The oath might be expressed in words or in a symbolic action. So our love crucified covenant, this oath we make is expressed in words but lived out in our daily action. A covenant is more than a mere impersonal contract in which two parties agree to an exchange of goods and services. A covenant binds persons together beyond the mere contractual agreement. Marriage ob obviously binds two persons in a unique way, but all covenants bind persons together in some way. That is why the Love Crucified Covenant binds us together as women and men in a spiritual family. A covenant can be thought of as a sacred family bond. 
taken with an oath before the higher power. Whereas a contract can be thought of as an agreement to pay someone for services rendered, which involves a promise to each other rather than an oath. And that's the big difference between a covenant and a contract. Covenants most often involve a ceremony with witnesses. That's what Love Crucified has. Our covenant is always done at the end of Mass. We all celebrate Mass together. Our covenant is always made before God himself, where we kneel before the Blessed Sacrament, making our covenant face to face with God. And in our covenant, it's always a community event. That's why we have always had a covenant during the retreat, because it's in the context with the family of love crucified as witnesses to the covenant we make before God and with each other. The covenant therefore unites flesh and blood as well as ensuring a common family name. That's powerful because in our covenant, we are making a promise, an oath to be victim souls, one with Christ. It's as if we are giving, are signing the covenant with our blood, united to the blood of Christ. And we do have a common family name, which is love crucified. So why did God decide to make covenants with mankind? God made several covenants with mankind because mankind separated from God, from original sin, beginning with Adam and Eve. And so all the covenants through all the centuries that God has made with us is for one purpose. Out of his immense love and mercy to draw us back to himself, to be united as one with him, to be his people and he, our God, to live in happiness with him for all eternity. God has made six covenants, their biblical co covenants, beginning first with Adam and Eve. So right from the beginning, when they are unfaithful to their relationship with God, God comes and makes a covenant. Then he makes a covenant with Noah and his family. The third covenant is with Abram, then with Moses, then the covenant with David. And then God makes a promise through Jeremiah, which is fulfilled by Jesus. 
And in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 through 34, it says this. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. This is important because God is the only one that's been faithful to his covenant with us. From the beginning, the people constantly have been unfaithful to God in their covenant. Jeremiah continues, but this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it upon their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each man teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. And of course, we have the new covenant in which the Son of God comes. And it is no longer the blood of animals, but the blood of God himself in Jesus Christ. And therefore, it was not even planned, but it was planned by God that our spiritual exercises of love crucified this year, the fifth reflection, and speaking about our spousal union with the Lord. There are quite many mentions of covenant in our path. I will share a few with you. In the simple path on page 261, we have beautiful words from Pope Francis commenting on the wedding at Cana. He says, Jesus reveals himself as the spouse of the people of God, proclaimed by the prophets, and reveals to us the depth of the relationship that unites us to him. It is the new covenant of love. What is at the foundation of our faith? An act of mercy by which Jesus binds us to him. And the Christian life is the response to this love. It is like the history of two people in love. God and man meet. Seek, find, celebrate, 
and love one another. Just like the lovers in the Song of Songs, everything else comes as a result of this relationship. My community, what is our love crucified covenant? It is our oath, our promise to respond to the love of our bridegroom. It is a promise to lay down our life for him, with him, to love him by holding nothing back, to love him with all we have, a pouring out of ourselves totally. That is the love of a victim soul. That is the covenant of love crucified. It is the response of the love of the bride saying yes to the spouse. That's why in love crucified, when we make the covenant, it's the marriage banquet it's our wedding day with the lord the crosses we receive that we wear around our neck is the symbol you could call it the wedding ring of the promise of the oath we made with our beloved spouse this is why Love Crucified as a covenant community is not a prayer group. It's not a group of apostolic work. It is a covenant community made by a covenant, an oath with God to live a particular way of life as a faithful bride. On page 263 of The Simple Path, we have words from Pope Benedict. He says, the covenant with Israel was like a period of courtship, a long engagement. Then came the definitive moment, the moment of marriage the establishment of a new and everlasting covenant. As Mary stood before the Lord, she represented the whole of humanity. In the angel's message, it was as if God made a marriage proposal to the human race. And in our name, Mary said, yes. In fairy tales, the story ends there, and all live happily ever after. In real life, it is not so simple. For Mary, there were many struggles ahead as she lived out the consequences of the yes that she had given to the Lord. When we make our covenant is our yes united to Mary, and it is only the beginning. 
of also a life of many struggles, hardships, as God calls us to persevere like Mary with Mary in our covenant, in our yes to the Lord. The Lord also spoke to us of our covenant, our yes as spouses united to Mary in number 92 of the simple path on page 257. The Lord said to love crucified and to all who have the simple path, know who you are as John the Baptist knew who he was and the gift given to him from heaven to accomplish his mission. He was the bridegroom's best man, meaning prophet, preparing the heart of the bride, the church, to recognize, know, and love the bridegroom. When the bridegroom appears, John understands he must decrease. His joy is made full. You, on the other hand, are my bride. He's speaking to each of us. The church as one with my mother, the perfect, pure, holy bride. Your mission as one with Mary, look at how Jesus reiterates to us our spousal union to him with Mary. Our mission as one with Mary's is to bring souls to the foot of the cross, to contemplate the love of their bridegroom to look and gaze at the one who has been lifted up and to be healed, restored, and made new. We, in our covenant, promise to remain faithful to living this simple path, to allow the Holy Spirit to make us new, the new Adams and the new Eves. In this new women and men we become in Christ, we bring others, most especially through the witness of our faithfulness in our spousal union with our beloved. In number 93, on page 266, Jesus continues to speak to us about spousal union. He says, it is my victim souls abandoned to my crucified love that possess the power of God to defeat Satan and usher in the reign of the immaculate heart of my mother. Do not be afraid to be my voice. Do not be afraid to be crucified with me. That's what our whole encounter was this year. The beginning of the crucifixion of our desires. He says to us, be my spouse. A bride follows her spouse wherever he goes. Then the Lord asks us a question. Will you follow me to my cross 
where our love will be consummated in the power of God. It is, my family, our love crucified covenant that we say, yes, we will. As a community, holding hands, as a spiritual family, we promise to be faithful to the cross. The Lord goes on to say, suffer all with me, your spouse, through the embrace of the silence of the Holy Spirit. This is most pleasing to me. Trust. These words are powerful. What we've been learning for years through the Holy Spirit in our covenant community. Trust. For there isn't a suffering I permit that will not bring you into the union of love I desire. Think at this moment. During this encounter, the different sufferings in your life, those sufferings were allowed and permitted by God, and through them, he's promising that if we live them faith as faithful spouses in trust, they will bring us to a deeper union of love with the bridegroom. Then he tells us again, trust in the power of suffering all as one with me. It is this power that will set the world on fire with my spirit. Raise up my victims of love for these decisive times. We must remember, my community, our covenant of love crucified has two purposes. The first is to draw us into union with the bridegroom, our beloved Jesus Christ, and through him to be one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Then the second part of our covenant is a promise from God that those that are faithful to this covenant and become one with his son, God will give the power of divine love to cast into hell Satan and pierce the darkness in the world, ushering in the reign of the Immaculate Heart of Mary with the, the Eucharistic reign of Jesus with a new Pentecost. That is the promise of the few that enter spousal union with Christ and a union with the most holy Trinity. It is the triumph of the triumph of love over evil. Bad. In number 94, page 268, one sentence I will read. My daughter, my daughters and sons, I add, as my spouse, you will satisfy my thirst for your love as you lay down your life for the mission I have placed in your heart. The mission of love crucified is one 
with the desire of the heart of God. It is that oneness in desire that must move us to lay our life down for the mission entrusted to us. This is part of our fiat, our covenant that we made. Number 96, page 269. These are words from God the Father. Are you now ready to become my son's sacrifice of love? You can no longer be concerned about what others think of you, nor your reputation. You can be concerned only with pleasing my son. You are no longer his handmaid, but his spouse. As his spouse, your life must be lived to console him and to be faithful out of love to his desires. Why has the Lord said he has found favor with the mothers and missionaries of the cross? Because we have been faithful out of love more and more as we enter the path of crucifixion, the path of purification, to live strictly, solely in his desires. That's why this retreat was so important. As one, as a community, these past five weeks, we have entered a new part of the path we have never lived before. We have lived it as one spiritual family. This is breaking new ground. This part of the path we lived has not been written yet. It was only mentioned in this path. And we have lived it together. Your testimonies, what you have lived these five weeks and will continue to live for years, will become part of the path we have still yet to write as a community. I want to go back to the message. I think it's the last message the Lord gave our community, March 21st, a few months ago. 2020. I'm not going to read the whole message. I'm only going to read a few lines talking about faithfulness. God has suffered and cried because his bride has not been faithful from the beginning of Adam and Eve. How much it hurts the Lord when a mother and missionary of the cross take off their cross. Why do we pray every single week for perseverance? Because it is not easy to persevere, just like it is not easy to persevere in a marriage. And how many marriages have ended in divorce? It is not easy to persevere in a marriage covenant with Jesus Christ. And not all in this community have remained faithful to that covenant. And therefore, we pray every week for the grace of God to remain faithful because the covenant we made, the marriage covenant, is serious, my family. And that is why the preparation and the aspirantship and the inquiry stage and all those accompaniments are so, so important. 
the Lord said March 21st, remain faithful to all I have taught you. That is why we have to be faithful in our covenant to come to the cynicals. How can we be faithful to all that Jesus teaches us if we're not in the cynicals? How can we be faithful if we are not living the retreats? We're not. That's why it's so important to attend as much as we can the cynicals, the retreats. The Lord goes on to say, remain faithful to how I have formed you for the power to defeat Satan and all his principalities is only through love. The entire formation of the sinful path is transformation into love. Look at the depth for those that have lived the five weeks of this retreat. We have grown in love, my family. As we have come to see and face our disordered desires and enter more the desires of Christ, we have all grown in love. Every accompaniment I have heard for the past five weeks of both mothers and missionaries of the cross and aspirants, I have been touched to the core of my being because I have heard how each of you that have shared your hearts with me have grown in love and faithfulness. Remain steadfast, the Lord continues in this message. As I continue, you see, he's not done with us. As I continue to guide you on the path of total transformation in me, total, the grace of graces the Lord is pouring upon us, total transformation. That means total union with Christ and through him in the unity. And you love crucified, along with my faithful remnant, will, again, the promise of the covenant, will defeat Satan and cast them into hell and usher in my era of peace. The next line. Again, faithfulness, he says, remain faithful in living and teaching my path to the few willing to be transformed into love. First living, we must be faithful, our covenant, we are promised to be faithful to living the path. My most beautiful accompaniments are with brothers and sisters that after years and years of meeting with them, they, they open up their path and they share with me where the Lord is taking them deeper. They have not tired of discovering God in the path. They have not tired of entering deeper into the gospel's message, the scriptures, through their faithfulness in the path. The path and the scriptures are not two different things. The path and the scriptures are united. And finally, the last line I'll share with you from that message. The Lord again says, remain. Remain to console my sacred heart and the immaculate heart of my mother 
at the light of the world is hidden for a certain amount of time. It is now the time I have prepared you for to be my light, for I live in you, meaning all of us. The Lord has prepared us for this time where the Eucharist is hidden. It's locked up in our churches. And yet the Lord has promised us, I am alive. You, we are one. Your hearts are my living tabernacle. Enter daily through your spiritual communions and the mass and adore me and find me, your spouse, who has been faithful and lives in the tabernacle of our hearts. And I will end from 2012 to remind you, my family, of the words God the Father gave us in a Seneca, where he speaks to us of our love crucified covenant. May we never, never forget. God the Father said, I, the God of heaven and earth, have received your covenant. Those of you that are about to make your covenants that have not made it yet, God the Father is saying, I am receiving your covenant. How serious when we break it. We break the heart of God. We are the spouse that divorces him. How serious my family, our covenant is. He goes on to say, I have placed you in the palm of my hand to guide you, to protect you, to bless you to anoint you. I seal you on your foreheads with the sign of the cross, with the precious blood of my only begotten son. As you ponder this week, I will send you these words again. Remember that when you were kneeling there, making your covenant, God the Father received it and blessed you with his hand each of us on our foreheads with the blood of his son, sealing our covenant. God the Father says, I am forming you to fight the decisive battle which we are in. Do not be afraid, for I, the God of heaven and earth, am with you. As this darkness grows darker, do not be afraid, my family. God is with us. We are in a covenant spousal relationship and our God will never be unfaithful. Whether we live or die, it does not matter. We are spouses of God. He is faithful. Let us be faithful to the end. And God the Father ends by telling us, you must become one with the sacrifice of my beloved son so that you can possess the power of God to pierce the dragon and conquer him. The world does not understand. No, it doesn't. Look at the world, my family. What does it understand? Nothing. But you understand. For you have listened to my son. Be at peace, my family. Know that I am with you. I hold you in the palm of my hand and I bless you. My community, our covenant, I'm sure those 
have it. I took out the one I signed in 2008, and even that has progressed through the years. It's not the same one we have now, but it is on page 449. We have made, and those of you that are aspirants, this is why your discernment is so important. We have made a promise and oath before God and his witnesses. We have been, we have told God we will be faithful spouses. We need to be faithful to our cynicals, to our retreats, to our way of life centered in the Eucharist, the sacraments. I can't tell you enough about accompaniment. If you have not had accompaniment during the five weeks of retreat, you have not fully lived your retreat. If you have not been faithful to your accompaniment, you have not been fully faithful to your covenant. Accompaniment in love crucified is one of the greatest gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that works in accompaniment. It is an accompaniment that we live the part of our path that says we will walk hand in hand, helping each other. It is impossible many times for us in our own hearts to see what we need to see. And we need the heart of our accompanier that has promised to walk with us, to trust and to take us to those deep places we will never enter by ourselves. Our covenant binds us together. There is one part of the covenant that speaks about the community. We do not come to Senecals just to receive. We come to Senecals to be together, to support one another. It says in our covenant, I enter into a covenant of love with my brothers and sisters. How beautiful when I have spoken to Marco and Jose. And they were so touched because brothers and sisters of our community in Colombia and the United States that have never met them. Called them. To encourage them. How happy Monica was every time she told me her brothers and sisters of the love crucified community would write to her, send her text messages. That is why we're a community. It's a family. Do we take the time to take interest in each other and what's happening to each other? To call one another when we can, to send little text messages. That is community. I will stop here. And I think I've given you enough to take to heart. If you're an aspirant coming to the Senecals and accompaniment is of the essence, you cannot discern if this is the vocation of such a serious call and making of that covenant without monthly accompaniment. We ask the council are asking all of you that have made the covenant. This is your renewal. You are not forced to renew it. It's of our own will. When you renew your covenant, we're asking you to send the four, not just one, 
the four council members, that is Father Jordi, Father Ron, Maria Hicken, and myself, just a little few words. I renewed my covenant and your name. That's all. If you do not feel like you can renew your covenant, please be in the light. Let us know. Speak to us. Through the years, I've had community members, covenant members say they stopped coming to Senecals. They stopped accompaniment. It's a trend. You know, it's like a divorce. It doesn't happen one day. It, it slowly happens with time. And then all of a sudden, they say the Holy Spirit led me to do my own thing. Well, sometimes the Holy Spirit does lead us out of a, a, of a community, maybe to do something else, but that is always with discernment with your accompanier and especially Father Jordi and I. That is always the way of God, the way of the Holy Spirit, not to just phase out where we never see or hear from you again. Whenever somebody tells me that's from the Holy Spirit, that is not someone that knows how to discern spirits. How easy it is to say something is of God when it is not. So take this very serious because this is very serious for the Lord. So I thank you. I thank you for being such an amazing family. I thank all of you for your commitment for so many years that I've known you. I thank you for all of you that have entered this retreat, that are living it to the depth of your hearts. For all of you that have blessed me every time you've opened your heart. I thank some of you that have been so diligent in this retreat that have had even accompaniments with more than one person. And I especially thank the missionaries of the cross that have reached out to me. The honor of hearing from the men of our community and seeing their growth has been a huge blessing for the spiritual mother of this community. So I thank you, my brothers, from the depth of my heart. God bless you.